This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball Players Edition. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside Ben Davis. We have a terrific show ahead for you. Kevin Franzen will join us, uh, Philly's uh, radio voice. Uh, We also got some great things going on in the game of baseball right now. Dodgers are playing well. Uh, Red Sox continue to, to be the team that has not really lived up to expectations. I think, Ben, we should probably start with the Astros. This is an honor to to uh, be able to do this podcast with Tony Gwynn Jr. Or, or is it Tony? Is it Junior? Or is it Fabio? Is it Tyson Beckford? <laughs> I don't know what to call you. Are you male model now? Like I, I don't, all these photo shoots, I don't know what to make of it. What do well, I call you? Well, first, don't age yourself, Ben. I mean, obviously, you've known me since I was at least what sixteen, seventeen. Uh, we don't need to get into your age, Tony Junior, Tony T. All that's good by me. So, but no, I'm I'm talking about all these photo shoots. Are you a male model now? And do I call you Tyson Beckford? And I've seen a lot of things on Instagram here popping up, and you do a lot of photo shoots. <laughs> well, you know, I have three daughters that are into that. I I don't necessarily consider myself a model, but you know, I'll take a Tyson Beckford if you're willing to throw one at me. <laughs> well, we should have some fun today. We should. Let's let's get into baseball. Last week we talked a little bit about. Uh, some of the deadline moves, and you know, this week we got a chance to see some of those deadline moves actually in their new uniforms. And the first person that comes to mind is, is Zach Greinke. And listen, he struggled. He got the win. Don't get me wrong. He got the win, and and his first start being on a team that uh, is one of the the best offensive teams in all of baseball. He had a quote saying, "It's kind of boring, just trying to stay loose, stay focused when not having anything to do." Other than go out and pitch a ball game. Now, like we said, he got hit up pretty good in that game, uh, but he got the win. I'm sure for a guy like Zach Greinke, Ben, uh, it's kind of, even though he's saying it's boring, 
I bet it's a, a blessing in disguise to not have to worry about run support. Yeah, and to make a comment like that, honestly, you have a team that just goes out and gets you. You know, you're your Cy Young Award winner. There's really not a whole lot that Zach Greinke hasn't done in the in the game, except for pitch well in the playoffs, and we're going to have to see him do that again this year. But to make a comment like that, I, I don't get it. Like, how do the Astros feel about that? You know what I'm saying? You go out, yeah. you, you give up five runs. Uh, you know, I, I really don't get it. I really don't. <laughs> the opponents hit the opponents hit 304 against him with an OPS of 824. You know, I, I just don't understand how you can make a comment like that. You have a team, yes, we know they have a great offense. But you have one job. You have one job, and that's to go out there and get guys out the most efficient way you can. Listen, and to, to say that, I, there's no room for it, in my opinion. Ben, this is a guy that uh, generally stays away from the cameras, and I think it's for this reason. I, I can think back to a time. I had him as a teammate in one spring in Los Angeles, and it was the year uh, the the Dodgers were going back to, I think it was either Korea or Japan, uh, to play uh, uh, some baseball games against the Diamondbacks. And they asked him about it leading up to it, and, you know, I think at this point they realized we shouldn't put him in front of the camera anymore because I think his quote was, <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand it. I don't know why we're going over there. And it was just like, it was just like the wrong thing to say. Right. But Zach has never been one that really bites his tongue and, and is really off the cuff most of the time. But I think you're right. If you're the Astros, you're probably willing to let that one slide as long as there's not too many more comments about it. You respect the fact that he is a, a Cy Young Award winner and, and he's going to add to a team. We talked about it last week. He's going to be the number three starter in, in that rotation. So uh, I think they'll give him a pass on that, but certainly uh, they're going to hope he pitched better moving forward. Yeah, and especially getting into the playoffs. I mean, career in the playoffs, he's got a 4.03 ERA. He's had some some really good games, and then he's had some absolute clunkers. Yeah. So I think I, I do think that some of the pressure will be taken off of him because of, A, how good that offense is, and, B, because he's got Verlander and Garrett Cole going before him in those yeah. series. So yeah. he's got, you know, most likely he, he's going to go into his start being already being up 2-0 in the series, if you think about it. And that just takes a lot of pressure off. It takes a lot of pressure off, and, and watching how he performed with another stud in his rotation when he was in Los Angeles with Clayton Kershaw, he was never one. It seemed like he was always willing to step up to the challenge that Clayton laid before him the, the, the start before. And I don't think it'll be much different. When you got Justin Verlander, you got Garrett Cole really setting the pace, uh, you don't want to be the third guy. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many Cy Youngs you, you've won. You don't want to be the guy who comes out on that third start and lays an egg. So, uh, I'm sure he'll get in the gear. Let's move to uh, the hottest team in baseball. And I can't even believe I'm saying this, Ben. The New York Mets. Uh, I criticized them last week. I, I didn't know what the Stroman deal was all about. But clearly, Brody Van Wegenen had a had a, had an inkling that this team might be playing well. They've won uh, 13 of their last 14 games, dating back to last Wednesday. Uh, are are they contenders? Are they pretenders in this uh, this division? No, they're definitely contenders. And there was a, a reporter, uh, a Philadelphia reporter, who I'm not going to mention any names. I don't want to get in trouble. But this guy told me two weeks ago, he said, listen, the Mets are going to pass the Phillies in the wild card. And hmm. I said, what? what do you mean? The Mets? The Mets and Phillies have you, owned the Mets this year. You right? immediately wanted to get him drug tested, huh? Uh, yes, I did. Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly right. Um, it, it was... It was uh, you know, he said that. I'm like, 
There's just no way. Well, again, apparently the Mets knew something that we didn't because what they have done, I mean, not only that we know about their pitching staff. I mean, this pitching staff is ridiculous. When all these guys are firing on all cylinders, I mean, yeah. they have five legit starters. I mean, legit, legit. And I think with, with DeGrom, I think Wheeler is, is second best to DeGrom. But then you got Syndergaard and Mats. These guys are unbelievable. And now you have guys that are really stepping up. Conforto, you cannot keep him in the ballpark. Alonzo keeps doing his thing. Jack McNeil leads the entire world in hitting. You know, he's just yeah. he's just uh, he's a special guy. Um, he's not flashy, but he gets the job done. That's for sure. But this team, and and, and now with the, that Strowman being the, the fifth guy in there, yeah, yeah, this is this is special. And I'm starting to worry. Obviously, I'm a Philly guy. I want the Phillies to be there, but I'm really starting to worry about this Mets team. You know, you have the the Nationals. They have some guys that are a little banged up right now. Anthony Rendon, he's day to day with. He's yeah. got hit on the t- big toe yesterday. Uh, you got Max Scherzer. That's that's going to miss another start with the upper back problem. Um, so this is something that I think that can really hurt the Nationals. Obviously, the Phillies are floundering right now, but this Mets team. What do you think? What 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 do you think is the major reason they've made the turnaround? It's been a couple things. I think uh, since the All Star break, their starting staff, which in, doesn't really include Stroman, he's only had I think one start since he's been there, uh, but it includes Jacob Degrom, Zach Wheeler, and Noah Syndergaard. Uh, 2.62 ERA since the start of the second half. That's huge. Now, mm-hmm. the thing I question with their starting rotation, God forbid somebody get hurt because we know Zach Wheeler's had issues staying healthy. We know Matt's has had issues staying healthy. They don't have the depth starting pitching that they once had. You know, they moved uh, Jason Vargas, who was an innings eater. But for the, for, just from the standpoint of them, uh, who guys who are healthy, they are pitching better. I think the other thing that steps up is their bullpen. Their bullpen was 28th in the league going into the break. They've been second since. And and that's still without uh, 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 Edwin Diaz, who's still struggling in the closure spot. Everybody else, whether it's, it's Familia, whether it's Justin Wilson, whether it's Seth Lugo, they've all been stellar. Seth Lugo had a two-inning two save uh, yesterday. So, listen, I think they – are getting hot at the right time. The question is, can they stay healthy? I think Pete Alonzo, who only had four hits since the break like two days ago, he's starting to, he's homered in three straight games. So guys are starting to get hot at the right time. And you as I, you you know this as well as I do, when it comes to the second half of the season, it's not necessarily about the better team. It's about who's playing hot and who's playing good baseball at this part of the year. And listen, I, I, based on what we've seen thus far, I don't see why they can't be contenders, like real contenders, in this division. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, if, if you've ever been to City Field, it's kind of a dull environment. It really it is. is. But Super. this fan base is really starting to get excited about this ball club, and rightfully so, because it's, it's fun baseball to watch. You know you're going to get a good start. You know you're going to get some offense. At some point, it's going to erupt. And, I, you know, it's the players you know better than anybody. Tony, you could feed off that, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like you, you see this crowd that's behind you. like, okay. Especially so, in a city like New York. Exactly right. And you don't want to let them down. That's the yeah. worst. You have a big crowd that comes out. and You, you know, I've been there. You have a big crowd that shows up, and then you just you, you lay an egg. And you're like, you don't, you don't, you just feel bad that all these fans came to come see it, and you stunk that night. So I think the Mets are really just that's a, it's really their their tenth guy out on the field with them right now. Yeah, they're gonna have to continue to hit though. I mean, one through five in that lineup has been stellar, but the six through eighth spot has struggled, struggled especially in that last series. Uh, they really didn't really weren't productive at all, 
And it's funny that we're gonna sit. I'm gonna sit here and say this now, but man, they miss Robinson Cano big time because he gives them a little bit extra length through that lineup. And uh, if they're gonna continue to be on this torrid pace, they're gonna have to have guys like McNeil and Alonzo continue to play well. But they're gonna have to start getting some production uh, from the bottom part of the lineup. Let's let's switch to the let's switch to the Central and, and the Cubs. Right, they got a small uh, lead in that in the National League Central. Uh, they are able to sign uh, Jonathan LaCroix after moving Maldonado, who uh, I think he went. He goes back to Houston. Shortly after they trade him, Contreras gets hurt. So they're struggling from behind the from behind the dish. Ben, and, and you can speak to this a lot more than I can. Does this move help bringing well, a guy like LaCroix in? I put it this way, and I hope this makes sense. I don't think the, the the Lucroy move helps as much as losing Contreras hurts. Oh, I yeah, mean, that makes Wilson, sense. Wilson Contreras to me is a two-time All-Star last year and this year. I, this is a guy that has 19 home runs. He's got a triple. He's got 15 doubles. He's an extra base machine. He's hitting 275. He plays every day. And this is a pitching staff that loves throwing to him. Good luck running on him, by the way. <laughs> right. I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm. And what I like is his ability to keep base runners close. He's got the quickest pop quickest pop time in the league, but he's also got what his move to first base. He's able to just pivot on one knee and throw rockets down to first base to Anthony Rizzo at first base. They're right on the money. He picks so many guys off, but then guys start to get a little tentative. You know, you being a base dealing threat, you know, you have a guy that back there that can has that ability to pick you off at first base. You might want to shorten that up a little bit. I never had that option because I would just set my anchor at first base and off we went. <laughs> but right. no, if you have a guy that, that can really d- dominate a running game like he can, I just think he needs so much of that pitching staff. And Luke Croy does a very good job. He's very serviceable back there. Doesn't throw like he used to, so I think that's really going to hurt. Uh, you have some guys that that just cannot hold a runner, like a John Lester. So as soon as John Lester lifts his leg, these guys are going to be off because Lester just doesn't throw to first base. So I think from that aspect, it might hurt the the Cubs a little bit. Well, what do you got on Milwaukee and St. Louis, who were uh, were behind the Cubs? They haven't quite been able to kick it in gear. I mean, St. Louis went on a nice little run. Now they've kind of come back to the pack. Uh, they get walked off again by the Dodgers. Uh, wh- where where do you see those two teams at? Do you think uh, the Cubs are going to end up pulling away from those two? No, I don't. And mm. I, I, I just say that because I just think the, the Milwaukee Brewers offense, and this is an offense right now that's that's going pretty good without Christian Yelich. And yeah. that's, that's something that obviously they have their concerns about with his back issues and whether or not he's going to be able to come back and contribute like he has. Um, these certain guys are stepping up. Destin Hira is is a beast. I mean, he just had his first multi-home run game um, against the Pirates last night. And he's a guy that I think that is, boy, he was a ninth overall pick a few years ago. He's really turned into, I know it's his rookie year, but he's. It's, I think it's a big enough sample size where you say, you know what, this guy's going to be a really good player. Ryan Braun continues to do his thing. Um, I, I just think that this is a ball club that they're just going to make a run at some point. Their lineup is too good, and I think they're going to stay in it. The Cardinals, they're playing very well despite not having Yadier Molina in the lineup. Uh, they continue to get some good pitching. I think Jack Flaherty is going to be uh, a Cy Young Award winner at some point. He's really stepping up his game yeah. in the front part of that rotation. So um, I don't see the Cubs just pulling away. I, I really don't. And you want to talk about the bottom half of the lineup? I just don't see the Cubs having that. I know yeah, what the top can do, point. but losing Contreras is a big deal. No doubt about it. I mentioned 
the Cardinals getting walked off by the Dodgers. I mean, this team is insane. They lead the league with 10 walk-offs. Uh, another one on Wednesday, as I said. Another one yesterday, as I said. Uh, is, is that something – listen, I believe that that's something that although it may not necessarily carry over – I do believe that that is a byproduct of their at-bats and how they execute. I mean, I, I've watched this team a lot. The Padres obviously play them a lot. As a matter of fact, I just watched Walker Bueller just punch 15 guys out like it was nothing on Sunday. So mm-hmm. this team is is deep. It's good. But the most impressive part about this team when you watch them play is the methodical way they go about their at-bats. They foul a whole bunch of pitches off. They don't swing and miss a lot. And they become a, a team that's taxing, not only in your starting rotation, but they're taxing on your bullpen. And and when you can execute late in games, 10 walk-off wins is insane. If you can execute like that late in games, how does it that help you come playoff time? Oh, I think it definitely helps them come playoff time because they, they've been there, they've done that. And I think that's if, if they're down by a couple runs, they say, you know what, guys, so what? We've, we've done that so many times this year. Just yeah. stick to the same approach, and that's something that they're so good at. Um, even the young guys in this lineup, they still have a, a, an unbelievable approach. So I think yeah. it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's something that they can look back on and say, well, we've already done that. Let's we'll just go do it again. And I, with that lineup, they just feed off each other. Um, and from an opposition standpoint, because they walked off the Phillies a couple times this year, I, I saw it. Um, it's It's – I don't know. It, it's not a good feeling. I put it no. that way because <laughs> no. it's it's almost like as as an opposition, it's almost like you're kind of waiting for them. Right. To it's like w- it's going to come. It's yeah. Gonna come. You know, you it gonna know it's going to come. It's like when I work in the yard. You know, I know at some point I'm going to get poison ivy. Right. That's <laughs> that's the way it is. It's like when you play the Dodgers, you know, at some point they're going to erupt, especially late in ball games. Well, the thing I think that's also impressive, they get injuries, and no matter who they bring up, whether it's this kid Negron whether it's the catcher Will Smith. They all come up and they hit. They all produce. That doesn't just that doesn't just exist on the offensive side either. I mean, they bring up the kid Gosling. He's got the long hair. He's got the stash. He goes six scoreless. They bring up the May kid. It's like they got people coming out of their ears all the time, no matter where what position it is. They just have depth. And, and to me, it makes it even more crazy, and I'm going back, but it makes it even more crazy that they didn't make a move because they didn't want to give up a prospect. You've proven year in, year out that you can bring in guys and develop guys no matter where you draft them, and they produce at the big league level. So, I mean, I'm getting off on my tangent again, but <laughs> <That's this, fine. laughs> the, 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 the Dodgers to me right now, even as good as Houston is, and maybe it's because I've watched the Dodgers more, I just feel like this is the team to beat going into this playoffs year, because I, I, the division's pretty much still. They're, they're 18 games up on the Diamondbacks. So, and it's uh, August can, 8th. <laughs> it's August 8th. It's pretty, it's pretty much a wash at this point for the, West, the National League West. Um, yeah. let's, let's move back to the American League. Now, the Yankees, um, although they didn't make any moves at the deadline, um, their offense has gotten hot. And in this last series – uh, they hit th- three straight games with five plus home runs. That's Monday through Wednesday, uh, and, and I mean most home runs in a three-game set in franchise history. That is amazing, Ben. Yeah, and the most home runs ever in a visiting ballpark uh, was what they did to the to the Baltimore Orioles. Um, poor it's, Orioles. It's, yeah, poor Orioles. <laughs> it's it, it, seriously poor Orioles. Uh, what? 
I don't understand how you can have this many big boppers in one lineup. I mean, think about their 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 batting practice. How many balls they must go through in BP? Uh, this is they're getting pitches. They don't miss pitches. They don't. I saw it last night, and I was watching some of the highlights. I saw there was one pitch that Gio Urshela swung through and missed. It was it was a cookie. I mean, right down Broadway, and he swung and literally fell over. He swung so hard. <laughs> well, wouldn't you know it? He gets the same pitch in the same at bat and hits it out of the ballpark because that's what the Yankees do. They're they are so good. And talk about line to line. It's not like all these guys are power happy hitting using the short porches at at Yankee Stadium. These guys are going out everywhere. And yeah. it's uh, it's kind of freaky, freaky scary. But if you're the opponent pitching, it's it, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, right? You're like, oh, I know who's on deck. I know who's behind him. And, oh, Lord, look, Aaron Judge is in the box right now. So it's like, you know, how do you approach these guys? You just – you have to be on every – if you're going to beat them as a starting pitcher, you have to be on every pitch. Every pitch. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying – I know you love the Astros, but I had the Dodgers and the Yankees – going to the World Series because of this lineup. I know good pitching stops good hitting, but this lineup is ridiculous. And it's that, absolutely and, ridiculous. And that is my concern, Ben, is when we, we get to the playoffs, those homers aren't as easy to come by anymore. And it becomes a game of execution. And when you have a bunch of the same type hitters, I mean, other than uh, Gardner, really pretty much everybody else is, is pretty much the same type of hitter. They're all boppers. They're all power guys. And when you have a whole bunch of those dudes in your lineup, when you start facing that that upper echelon of pitching, it becomes a little bit more difficult to get the long ball. And if you're dependent on the long ball, that could be troublesome in the playoffs. I think that's how they got beat last year, really. Yeah, but uh, this lineup is so deep. Do you really think all those guys can get cold at once? I don't. And I know anything's. I don't necessarily think it's a. I don't necessarily think it's a matter of them getting cold, but they can be pitched to by those type of upper echelon pitch. I mean, we're talking about basically the Astros, the Indians, we're assuming, maybe Minnesota uh, gets in there as well. They all got pretty good pitching. So I, I, I'm interested to see how that unfolds. I know from watching Houston, they know how to manufacture when they need to. And if they're healthy, I, I still got them being better. And it's really because of the pitching at the end of the day. Yankees weren't able to address any of that. I got you. I got you. We'll see what happens. But I just think, I just think the Yankees just have too much firepower. But let's I, talk, either way, it's going to be a great series. Let's talk about the Yankees' rival because uh, they've been Jekyll and Hyde pretty much all season long. Uh, they go on nice little spurts. You think they've got it together. As a matter of fact, they blow out the Yankees in a series, making it made us all believe. Okay, here come the Red Sox. But here we are. They just continue to be right smack dab in the middle, uh, third place in that division. Uh, 60 and 56, 16 and 16 games out. I, 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 is is the nail final nail in the coffin for the Red Sox this year? Oh, I think they can read the writing on the wall right now. Yeah. I, really, I mean, they're 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 six games behind the Rays. They're six games back behind the Rays. Sixteen yeah. total behind the Yankees, like you said. But um, is the writing on the wall? Yes, I do. I think it, they just don't have the starting pitching. And I I know they have a, a really good lineup, but. Uh, there's some guys that haven't pr- produced like they have in years past, but the starting pitching just isn't there for them. You got it. You got to pitch. You got to pitch in that ballpark. Uh, you have to pitch in Yankee Stadium. You have to pitch in Toronto, and obviously in Baltimore. It's not a good division to pitch in. And if you're not making your pitches, you're going to get beat up. Speaking of speaking of pitching, what in the world has happened to Chris Sale? I mean, is it just a matter of 
he 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 had that nice run, and now we're starting to see the decline because he hasn't looked the same all year long. No, he has not. And it's it's I hate to say it all comes down to velocity, but for him, it a lot of it is velocity. For him to run that fastball up there and then throw that back foot slider, that's huge for him. Even throw that back door slider to righties, um, the velocity just isn't there. It's been too inconsistent. I mean. I think there's something wrong there because you're seeing velocity. Sometimes he'll spike it, it'll, it'll be high, and then the next team he comes out throwing 91-92. That's, right. a, that's a major uh, disparity between the two. So that's, that makes me think, and I'm no doctor. I know it's hard to believe, but, you know, I'm not a doctor. But I, I don't think that— <laughs> You did sleep in a holiday I, in. Those yes, I did. But uh, I, I think there's something wrong there to have that major variance in your, in your, in your velocity. Yeah, five and eleven, four point six eight ERA this season, and today David Price goes on the DL. So you, I, I think you're right, uh, Ben. The fact that you got Price on the DL, Sale hasn't pitched well, Purcell hasn't necessarily pitched well. I think the writing is on the wall for this ball club. Now let's move to the American League Central because that division at one time looked like the National League West. And all of a sudden, that lead has been dwindled down to two games. And mm-hmm. But I got to say, the Twins are doing a nice job of, of holding off Cleveland as they charge hard right now. Yeah, and you know what? I, I didn't think it was going to be this close because I think the Twins were just going to run away with it. But I, 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 I will say, I think the advantage that the Indians have, and I know the Twins did a lot of home runs, I think the advantage that the Indians have is, is they've been there the last couple of years. I think experience is going to play a major factor for this ball club. You know, the Twins are doing, you have certain guys that are having career years like Max Kepler. I mean, he, this dude's going off. Obviously, what Nelson Cruz continues to do at his age, I mean, this guy still continues to rake. He's just, that guy's going to be 80 and be able to hit so much. <laughs> um, but I think, I think the experience, I think that the Indians are going to get a couple pitchers back. I think it's just going to be that thing where the Indians just maybe creep ahead of those Twins and move ahead and win the Central. What say you? Can we, can we talk a little bit about Nelson Cruz? Well, first to answer your question, I think Cleveland catches him. I really do. I mean, I, I and I think it's for the reasons that you just mentioned. I mean, the fact that they've been there the last two years, they're basically going to get a trade deadline move when Corey Kluber comes back uh, to this rotation and, and, and sounding like he's starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, uh, listen, I think Cleveland catches him. I think Minnesota still gets in. I had him getting in the wild card at the very beginning of the season. I still think that happens, but it's just when a gap gets closed like that, I've been on a team that's had like an eight, nine game lead going into August, and to see it close psychologically, it's tough to recoup from that as a team, and I think that's kind of in the spot that Minnesota's in. Let's talk about Nelson Cruz. He was a former teammate of mine. This guy has 30-plus homers in every season after turning 33. Mm-hmm. I, it's 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 really it's only second to Barry Bonds at that age. Yeah, and you know what, Tony? I my last year playing, I think I was thirty one, right? Um, or I'm sorry, I was thirty three years old. Was my last year I was playing, and it was I got to a point where I could no longer even hit a home run at batting practice. My bats. <laughs> right. No, I'm serious. I'm, right. it, was, it was an awful feeling, and it was like my my I could feel my bat speed just it just diminished, like it was gone. Yeah. Um, and some guys, you can literally see bat speed start to go. Like we just, we're in town right now with the Giants. The Giants were just in town uh, in Philly last week. Like you can see the bat speed of Buster Posey has majorly declined. Yes. It just has. 100%. And 
And some guys, you can really say, Nelson Cruz, I have not seen that. It's like the same swing. We've seen the same swing for a decade now. It's the same swing that produces home run after home run to all parts of the ballpark. It doesn't matter what ballpark he plays in, big parks like Safeco. It just doesn't matter. Target field, he's hitting moonshots still. That bat speed is still there. It's still there. I, I, obviously, I think playing, not playing the outfield anymore, which has which has been the case for quite some time, probably about the last four years, I think has given him a, a little bit of extra boost. But Noah Nelson, he takes care of himself. Uh, he takes care of himself real well. And I think that's pandemic. He was off. I mean, it wasn't too long ago where we were talking about Nelson because he wasn't necessarily doing this. But it seemed like right before the break, he caught fire and he's been able to carry it uh really up until now and I think he'll continue to carry it. I mean, he's had what two or three three homer games. That's yeah. that's that's just that's nuts. He just yeah. I mean, I know and I know the ball's juiced and all that, but not everybody is hitting homers at the pace that he's hitting them right now. No, and but I think he's I think he's also kind of feeding off some of the younger guys no in doubt. that lineup for he's like, "Hey, I know you younger guys. Hey, don't forget about us old guys, right? <laughs> this is uh, you know, I can still do it too. I, I can still play. Put me in, coach." No doubt, no doubt. So Ben, let's. We've talked about the divisional races. We talked about a few hot players, but you know, obviously at the end of the season, they give out awards, right? MVPs. But one of the most interesting Cy Young. Don't want to forget about that one. But one of the most interesting races, I think, is the Rookie of the Year in the National League. Okay, you had Fernando Tatis Jr. make this Padre roster. Started out like gangbusters. He gets hurt a month into the season. Kind of opens up the door for Pete Alonso, who had a great start himself to the season. He kind of separates himself at this point. And, and, and with the homers, with the RBIs, he leads in pretty much all of the major categories when it comes to rookie. But then Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back, and Pete Alonso starts to struggle. And now that gap is really tight. And I think this is going to be one of the better uh, rookie of the year races that we've seen in quite some time. Uh, and last year was a great one as well. I mean, you had Cunha and, and the kid over in uh, in Soto. Washington, Soto. Um, that that was a good one as well. But Acuna kind of ran away with this. I think both of these guys are neck and neck. Alonso's, as I said, hit three homers in three in the last three games. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. has led off with a homer in the last two games. These guys are neck and neck right now, Ben. They are neck and neck, and I didn't think it was going to be that close because of where Pete Alonso plays. You know, yeah. New York City, the, the mecca of the world, right? Right. Um, I, I, it was that. It was what he did at the All-Star Game with the Home Run Derby. But you're starting to look at some of these numbers. And I was upset when we were in San Diego uh, with the ball club broadcasting the games. We didn't get to see Fernando Tatis Jr. because he was on the, D, on the, on the IL. And he was on it for about six weeks, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he missed a lot of time. But the bottom line is the dude has 21 home runs. He's hitting 325. 325, and he plays a gold glove shortstop. So um, I think that playing in San Diego is not going to benefit him by any means when it comes to that. But he's putting up the numbers, and we still have over a month and a half to go. If Alonso does slip up a little bit, I mean, let's face it, Alonso's only hitting 260. I mean, that's a major difference. 325 compared to 260. That's major. I know the home runs are there, and that team's going to depend on him to make this run. He's really formed himself into really a leader on this ball club as Pete Alonso. But Tatis is making a run at it. Do you think he, he can pull this out? I, I, I'm reluctant to say yeah for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, when you look at rookie of the year, you have the ability to look at not only offense but defense. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. leads the National League in errors with 14 right now. So that's not necessarily something that's going to benefit him. Alonzo's got nine. He's not too far behind. But the other thing I think that's going to be in a Pete Alonzo's favor 
is the fact that if the Mets keep playing like this, they're going to be in the hunt for a playoffs, which means we're probably going to see them nationally quite often. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to play a factor. The Padres have, have really fallen off here in the second half, haven't won a series in the second half as of yet. Um, I think that's going to hurt. The fact that he missed time, and he's going to end up uh, probably – competing for a batting title when it's all said and done. 325 is not far behind McNeil. Um, so I just think that ultimately that New York factor, the fact that New York is also now playing good baseball, I think ultimately will will, will hurt Fernando Tatis Jr.'s chances. Yeah, but it should be a good race nonetheless. No doubt, so I no see how it ends up. All right, it's time to bring aboard Kevin Franson, who spent nine years as a major league infielder, including stints with the Giants, Angels, Phillies, and Nationals. He's now a Phillies radio analyst on 94.1 WIP, a radio.com sports station. You can follow him on Twitter, at Kevin Franson. Kevin, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. That was so professional, Ben. Thank you. appreciate it. <laughs> well, Kevin and I sat on the plane last night coming from Arizona here to San Francisco. And, and Kevin's a guy that uh, you know I've gotten to know a little bit over the last couple months and obviously the last season as well. But a guy that really loves the game of baseball and uh, got to play with four great uh, big league ball clubs. I think all those have their own personalities. But, Kevin, you had a lot of stops along the way. And um, it's nice to see a guy that back in the industry again. What was your favorite stop of all? I know I'm putting you on the spot with that, but you know, you're know you from the Bay Area. You got to play for your hometown team, the Giants, you know, obviously the Angels, Phillies, and Nats. But some pretty good ball clubs you got to play with. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate enough and uh, played for, uh, I think, which is crazy, 4,000 win managers. And if I had to choose a spot, it would have been Philadelphia in general because, uh, I, I don't know, I just – the friendships I had there, you know, kind of – understanding and, and like respecting the grind, I guess, of, of making it back up to the big leagues. So I think the, the people that you meet along the way when you're on that search, I, I got up to the big leagues so quick. Um, and it, it, that's not like a, like a, a, you know, brush your shoulder off. They just, I just didn't know what to expect. Everything was a whirlwind and whether I was playing at home, everyone thinks it's great, but it's not when you're someone that, you know, if you're 12th round pick, you're not expecting to be in the big leagues right away. Like, I feel like that was the difference for me. I didn't think, uh, you know, about like, okay, I'm going to get there. So right when it happened, I was like, it, everything just caught up and was a whirlwind for me. Uh, so I'd say Philadelphia. And it had nothing, like I had, I was lucky to play at those other spots. And it has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that uh, I just had a blast. The relationships I've, I, I accumulated along the way. But more importantly, it was about appreciating where I was and not taking it for granted because being back, you know, in the minor leagues and, and fighting your way back, I think it was a huge deal. Kevin, I, I, that was well said, but I want to talk to you about something not so serious. Uh, yesterday, you've been asking about a fly, uh, foul ball all year long. You get one hit right at you, and you, you just beat up this baseball. What happened, man? Well, let's just be honest here. I've been working out my palms. Uh, yeah, just, <laughs> those are the only muscles that have been used here. So, uh, yeah. I totally viewed that. Here's, I told Ben, I was like, look, every single game, I'm like ready for this, right? I'm ready for this moment. I'm like expecting it. I go into these booths thinking, this is a, this is a good booth, right? This is going to be one that I'm going to be able to get one. Right. And then, not so much. I mean, this thing was like right at me. This thing was like not even, you couldn't have put it on a tee. Any, but then again, I wasn't in the big leagues for my glove, you know, my hands. They're always too solid. So that was fun. 
That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on a more serious, on a more serious note, Kevin, uh, we both of us had a chance to play for uh, Bruce Bochy, and Bruce was, in my opinion, one of the. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'd love love playing for him. Obviously, Tony's father played for Bochy in San Diego. He was just a guy that that brought it every day. was was very soft spoken, but the respect that he had from his from his players. I think spoke vibes about the way he treated his players and the way he ran a ball game. What was your favorite thing about Boach? Uh, his honesty. I mean, more than anything, he, there is no – I think as a young player, right, that's the one thing that's the hardest. Yet when you play for a lot of people and around a lot of people, um, it, it, it is to me the one quality that I, I, I appreciate more than anything. He wasn't around the bush. He told you what needed to be done, how it was done, and uh, if that's good or bad, um, I, I thought it was unbelievable. So, you know, for me, Boach's ability to just be honest, brutally honest, and, you know, I think also, too, that, like his head size and his hand size was truly amazing <laughs> as well, right? I mean, like, that's like the best part about him. He's almost like this, this cartoon character. If, if there's something about him that, that resonates with me is, Every guy will always be con- like consistent when they talk about Boach, right? I mean, that, that's not the, that's not always the case. And I think with Boach, more than anything, it is consistency throughout everything. Yeah, Kevin, you took the words like right out of my mouth. No matter who you talk to, guys that have played for Boach, you hear the the first thing that out of their mouth is he's consistent. He he's brutally honest. And as a player, especially as you get older and get some experience in the league. That's really all you want. You want to know where you stand, and from that point, you can kind of work on, you know, whatever it is you need to do. But Boach, no matter who you talk to, you get the same exact answer from every player that's ever played from him. Uh, and, and that's it. He's brutally honest, and you know where you stand. Kev, I want to ask you a little bit about this Phillies ball club. You know, obviously, they've been up and down pretty much all season. What do you think this team needs to do in order to kick it in gear and, and really make a push for this division? Not have any clunkers. I mean, I'm talking like it, it just feels like this team comes out and doesn't play up to their potential. And it doesn't mean about like scoring 20 runs or doing any of that. It's just coming out with this fire. We saw that the first weekend of the year, and it was one of the most amazing things we've seen, right? And you're going, oh, this is going to be incredible. It's one of those that was a real – there's real emotion. There's Everything about it was real. And, I, and Ben, what, what do you think? Like – have you seen it maybe a handful of times after that? That's it, a handful of times. And I feel like that, to me, is, is scary. Like, how you could show that, that, that vibe that they gave this, they energized the city in that first weekend. Like, I, I haven't seen it in a while there. It kind of just deadened. And it wasn't one thing. It just, they went home and, and it was like, okay, we're, we're back to, like, being so serious. I want to see this team having fun. Seriously, I think, and, and you guys have, you have your opinion on this one, and I, I love throwing this off because, like, what comes first, fun or winning? Because I, I don't know. Because I don't think I don't think there's a right answer on it. But for me, if you're struggling, you got to find a way to have a good time, and and maybe that helps the you know relaxing part, and maybe that's the the point where this this team can uh, you know change things around, especially runners in scoring position. I'm not talking like you got to be joking around. I'm just saying, just loosen up. I mean, everyone looks like they're so tight out there. This is a group that should be built around energy and, and you know, that, that, that they feed off each other. And I just don't get that vibe right now. Um, that's the biggest thing. Because we can always talk about X's and O's on certain, you know, whatever. But it, 
it's baseball. Everything's the variables always changing. But what doesn't need to ever change is that yeah. energy. Yeah. Is that is that love and, and passion for the game? I'm not saying they're not passionate about the game, but be outwardly emotional at this time. I mean, it, there's got to be a sense of urgency, and I, I hope they sh- they start going to that and showing it. Real quick follow-up, do you think that is a byproduct of the pressure these guys may feel right now? Or they felt really all season? I don't know. I, I, I don't know because I'm like, what's the pressure? You know, the, the, the pressure the pressure is only put on yourself. And so if you know you're a good team, that's not – that's fun, right? Right. right. I, I, don't, I don't understand, like, pressure being a, um, something that others can really put on you. And, you know, if, if for me, when, when I think about pressure and I think about times that I felt pressure, it wasn't because fans were wanting me to do it. It was because I wanted to do it. I wanted to, you know what I mean? Like you're just, yeah. you're holding on so tight. And I, I think when it comes to the pressure thing, if they're putting it on themselves, that's fine. But if they think that if, if others are trying to put it on them, and they're believing that and they're, they're you know, using that, that's the, that's the wrong focus right now. And so I, I just like, look, every team in the big leagues minus uh, the Orioles against the Yankees in general, but um, has gone on a hot streak, right? Just had a, a maybe like a 15, 20 game span where they're just hot. The Phillies haven't. Yeah. And it's like, they get to that point, they get to four games, you know, that win streak for four games. And it's like, um, all right, well, let's not push. It just seems like the sense of urgency to continue that isn't there yeah I, that's what i'm saying i just see a team that's that's you know we were we, the three of us were kids like we, we played baseball because it was fun and we were good at it and i don't see this team like you you watch the braves play a game of baseball yeah they're all yeah. up on the on the on the on the edge of the dugout you know cheering on their guys smiling laughing having a good time but it's not it's not an act like their first and foremost their first and foremost goal is to put their foot on your neck and just keep stepping right but they, they, they do it in such a way like they're having fun. Like It's almost like, all right, let's go, boys. We get to play in a big league game today. We get to go out on a big league diamond. We get to have 40,000 people screaming for us, and we get to go performing from and have fun playing the game. I don't see that from the Phillies right now. I just don't. You know, and it's it's the the we'll get them tomorrow attitude can no longer exist for the Phillies because yeah, there's so many taken. teams. There's so many teams in this race. They don't they can't afford to do that. And that's what I'm seeing right now. Um, I see a, a ball club. I, I walked through the clubhouse yesterday, head up to the booth. I was running late, so I ran through the clubhouse. And it was like it was almost like they were just got done losing a ball game. That's how somber it was in the clubhouse. I like to see these guys fired up, get ready to go out and play a game because there was nothing I'd rather do more than to go out on, on this field here in San Francisco tonight and play a major league baseball game. I would give anything for it. And I don't, I think some of these guys may have lost some of that edge and some of that, like, okay, we're, we're here. We have to go play tonight. But why? That's like, the, that's like the beauty of this, like this conversation. I love when you bring this up because it's like, why? It's not a job. Like, the moment you think it's a job, I mean, we could all, all three of us could say that. Did you ever feel like it was a job? I, I never felt like it was a job. And the moment I started to feel like it was a job is when I retired because it wasn't, it wasn't the same going to the yard. But 
these dudes are, in my opinion, are far too young to even be feeling like that at this point. This exactly should be right. the best time of your life, literally. Like, you're showing up in a place that loves the game of baseball, that if even if you're not playing well, if you're playing hard, they love you. And the fact that, and I haven't seen them nearly as much as you guys, but when I have seen them, it is the, the most uninspiring baseball that, I've really seen all year long from a team with this kind of talent. It, it's it's mind blowing to me. That's a fact, I, and I don't think that that the uh, um, a guy up in you know from in the booth or a fan just looking at him being like, "Oh, why'd you see that?" No, it's we're just talking about energy. We're just talking about a passion that they are not showing, and it is to me one of the most. Uh, it, that's probably the most disappointing thing for me. Um, I appreciate it every day I was in the big leagues. I appreciate every day I was in the minor leagues. I didn't care. I, had, You know what I mean? It, yeah. it wasn't about, uh, you know, you obviously want to be in the big leagues, but it was the fact that, like, you're still playing baseball. Come on, guys. We're, we're, we're too serious in that clubhouse. Like, they don't even fire away music. Like, it's not even – I wish they were blaring music all day. I don't even care if it's the crap that we, we kind of hear sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I just want to hear that. Yeah. You go in there and it, it feels like you're in a spa. <laughs> and that's not right. You know, that 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 uh, vibe, that, um, not, I'm not going to go somber, but that, that very calm, relaxed feeling in the clubhouse shows on the field. Yeah. A team that has a great clubhouse that is firing away music and, you know, having a good time throughout the entire year, uh, they win. They really do. And yeah. right now, I... You go, like Ben said, you walk in that clubhouse, you already get the feeling like they're already down two runs. Mm. You do. And that's not good. No, it's not. Well, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on today. Uh, I know we could go on this topic forever. The three of us, the passion that we have for the game of baseball, the great game of baseball. But unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up. And uh, I will be seeing you later today at the uh, at the ballpark. At, You're catching up with you, Kev. <laughs> hey, next time, make sure you bring a glove to the ballpark, would you? You never know when you're going to flank another one. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> hey, guys, I appreciate yeah. it. And, yes, I will wear that because I, I absolutely earned that right to say I was a clanker. That's right. And once again, you can listen to Kevin Franson or follow Kevin Franson on Twitter at Kevin Franson. Kevin, thanks so much. Have a good thanks, one. Thanks, Kevin. That does it for this episode. Thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball Players Edition, presented by Radio.com Sports. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, Tony Gwynn Jr., Ben Davis. We'll catch you next week. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.